social impact. Just what are public-private partnerships? How are we keeping children safe? Children are being reduced to data points so outcomes can be tracked. Now there's a predatory model based on profit. When you are talking about money and children, the system gets gamed and you, the parent, lose your voice. Is it really informed consent? You decide. Here's your host, Lynn Davenport. You're listening to Social Impact. I'm Lynn Davenport, your host, here with Mike Yanez. And Mike is an aviation professional and researcher. And you're the first guest that I've ever had on the show where we've done a second segment back to back. And so I, I, we covered so much relating to your capstone project. And this was called Aviation Implications, COVID-19, the Great Reset, and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And so welcome back, Mike. Thank you, Lynn. It's a privilege. I appreciate it. Well, so you did such a great job in outlining outlining the issues that we are facing with the Great Reset, and that is something that was driven by Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, and they're using COVID-19 and this crisis as a means to usher in the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And so we're just going to jump right back in for the second segment. And so let's talk about Silicon Valley. You have helped me understand how there's these startup teams and they're partnering with major cargo carriers. That's correct. No names. We won't name any names. But uh, tell, let's just go in and, and, and uh, dive into that. So in Aviation Implications, I, I essentially outlined as part of the, uh, the research question, uh, I posited that the air cargo, Part 121 air cargo realm is going to be viewed as the next logical step, like we outlined in the last podcast, that this will be essentially the weapon of choice to get the data from pilot, you know, pilot performance data with uh, adaptive automation. And when they're using these cargo carriers to deliver stuff to us, let's just, we'll just keep it at that, right? True. And so, to you know, there's a, a big liability names. piece. So, you know, the going, the going saying is, okay, if, a, if an air cargo plane crashes, it's just boxes and the two pilots, you know, like we're the deemed movie, expendable. What was the movie uh, with um, Tom Hanks, uh, Castaway? Yeah, yeah, that was, like, that was yeah. a great movie. Uh, I really liked it. I have a son named Wilson. Sad. Wilson. It's sad, you know, but uh, it's a great movie. Right. But I'm picturing all the boxes. So. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And he gets a couple of presents brought to him by the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, in this respect, under this context as I mentioned in aviation implications, there is a lot of money and a lot of in-depth research being done. And in this case, a well-known air cargo carrier has already partnered with these Silicon Valley startups and has successfully tested and implemented an autonomous version of their air cargo aircraft. Uh, to this extent, it's, it's their feeder network. And by that, what I mean is it's these smaller airplanes that move cargo, smaller packages at night into the, uh, the, uh, the collating facilities, you know, all around the country, then then they move those packages into the bigger aircraft, then then fly those to their final destinations, which I thought was very eye-opening, the fact that they already have an autonomous version of this aircraft that's very well-known. In the aviation world, you're like, oh, you see that plane? I'm like, I know exactly who, who that aircraft flies for. Mm-hmm. The next step was, let's make it a little bit bigger, let's make it a little bit more advanced, now the masks are off. They didn't even bother hiding their tail number. They didn't even bother hiding their logo. So to this extent, they've used some very well-known technology that's been developed via DARPA and some other uh, 
easily recognizable uh, defense aircraft manufacturers uh, to such an extent that they can remove a pilot from the cockpit and roll single pilot on the flight deck. They took a uh, and called like an say real quick, so DARPA, we mentioned that in the previous segment or previous show, and it's Defense Advanced Research, Research Projects Agency. Projects Agency, okay. And, and um, Allison McDowell, uh, which uh, is how we connected, and she's a, the wrench in the gears researcher, but she's written a, a ton about DARPA and how it, it has impacted education. And uh, so, okay, keep going. Yeah, so that's just yet another thread, in, which is why... I latched on so heavily to yours and Allison's research because it's like you wouldn't think that this was connected in any form or fashion, but yet here we are and here it is talking about the very industry that I'm a part of. So to this extent, getting back to the example, this uh, well-known cargo carrier is essentially testing this technology, adaptive automation, mm -hmm. in a single pilot scenario. And they haven't hidden their tail number. They haven't hidden their, you know, their logo. It's out there being done. And it's very, it's now in the public psyche. So that would be eliminating two pilot system. Essentially. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, as, as I alluded to in the previous podcast, this is so kind of the ironclad, ironclad, you know, model that has given us the stellar safety track record that we've enjoyed thus far for the past 20 years. But it's a precursor to complete automation. No pilots. Right. And Unmanned. Then, right. Yeah, when you look at it under the auspices of, okay, am I working with AI here to make a safe flight to the layperson? That's probably what they'll see. When you're thinking of it, if it's just carrying boxes, what's the big deal? Exactly. It's, it's, but we know but that this who, leads What are you to training? Who are you training? You know, what kind of data are they gathering from this pilot who is now flying this uh, cargo aircraft under a, what they call a, a commercial single pilot operation scenario? That's gathering data to essentially take that pilot's job. And once again, it confirms what I had posited in aviation implications, that it's going to migrate from the air cargo realm. And eventually, who knows when it'll happen for the air passenger carrying realm. And that's why I, I push so hard that we need to have this discussion and getting it out in the, in the public knowledge. So the public who flies, who views the airlines as a utility, because if we, if you just imagine, like, what would happen if the airline stopped tomorrow? You know, the economy would probably take a rather large hit. There's a lot of people who use the airlines as a form of transportation to keep their businesses going. You right. Know, they can't work virtually. They physically have to fly. Exactly. And there's second and third order economic effects that okay. benefit the economy and help it to grow. Well, and not to mention just connecting with our families and, and our children. You know, we. We need to be able to access them in, in airline. That's the, the, the fastest way to do it and the most efficient in, in many cases. Well, and, and so you had also mentioned that we didn't talk about in the, the last show is APA and, and the, the Pilots Association, the union, yes. ha had a, a white paper that was sounding the alarms on this. So in July of 2019, the Airline Pilots Association, one of the largest airline pilots union representing you know North, uh, United States and Canadian-based pilots, they published a 30-page white paper titled The Dangers of Commercial Single Pilot Operations. And in this regard, they pretty much got out in front of it and injected, once again, in the public mind, we disagree with commercial single pilot operations. Now, if you could think back to 2019, was that at the top of your mind? No. I mean, the airlines were going full tilt. It was just rocking and we rolling. We paying attention now. It was so profitable. You now know, we know. You couldn't fill up the seats fast enough. So now it's out there, and they 
then I found that I thought it was very prescient to get out there in front of it mm-hmm. based on, well, what we know now, uh, the COVID-19 situation and commercial single pilot operations research. Well, I think it's important to have union representation. I know unions get demonized many times because, uh, you know, they tend to to get political Mm -hmm. and partisan politics. Uh, But it is important for workers to have representation. And I was locking arms with the teachers unions in the past since COVID-19 and this great reset and the pandemic and all. That's not not the case because I, I believe that they're working uh, against parents. Uh, but the, my point in bringing that up is a lot of times they get stuck in the conversations and in the weeds and, and, and not really understanding what's the overarching issue here. You, you wouldn't hear about the Great Reset in their white paper. They would just be talking right. about the issues that, that um, are, are more, you know, that touch them on the shoulders. What makes it challenging, though, is in the post-COVID world, you have taxpayer, you know, funds, supporting an industry and it makes it hard for that union to defend keeping two pilots on the flight deck when you know they're getting paid a fraction of their salary to stay home and not fly. Mm-hmm. This is written under the auspices of just immediately after the outbreak. And so that puts them in a rock and a hard place. Well, and that's a great point uh, using our tax dollars to do that. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about P3s, public private partnerships and how that's affecting the aviation industry. Still doing your own audio and video media? If you're creating your own video series, TV, podcasts, and ad files, you're not focused on your business. Your community needs you to keep being awesome while professionals take care of audio and video details. Bet you didn't know your show could have a studio audience with Q&A. And applause. Take your TV and podcast show to the next level. Focus on managing the business end of your inner celebrity. Get over here to the OBBN Network Studios at Grace Point Media in Farmer's Brand. Discover three state-of-the-art television studios two podcast studios equipped for multiple participants and audience guests obbm network studios at grace point media is the highest level of set direction audio video production quality network programming and broadcasting for your business your message could be in front of people you want to reach right here in dfw and beyond call 214-714-0495 to talk through your ideas now 214-714-0495 it's time to make media work for you We're back with Social Impact. I'm Lynn Davenport here with Mike Yanez. And so, Mike, let's talk about public-private partnerships in the okay. aviation industry. And so go into how that's impacting. And, and we said on the first uh, episode that public-private partnerships really eliminate the public from the discussion, ironically. And so tell me how that's impacting. So when I was researching the loss of public voice and the P3 model as outlined in aviation implications, I did it under the context of How do we get from the old model, like five people on the flight deck, down to two? And after the jet age and increased reliability, they had eliminated what they call the radio operator and the navigator. So you had pilot, co-pilot, flight engineer. And then with the advent of the 80s, we went from the three-pilot model down to the two-pilot model due to increasing technology, advancing automation. There was a lot of pushback from the unions in this case about eliminating the third crew member. And it got to a point where some airlines were like, we're totally on board with this two-pilot model. Boeing, I want you to build my plane with just two crew stations. Other airlines were like, "Mm, we think uh, we should probably keep that third crew member on board. And ultimately, the unions, the way they they worked around this is 
they made the airline write in their contract meaningful work for the third crew member. And in order to codify this, what makes this so challenging, what a lot of people don't realize, is that when the FAA certifies an aircraft, they certify it for two pilots or three air crew. And so you can't just willy-nilly say, yeah, I feel like flying with two pilots today. Well, in order for that aircraft to fly, it was essentially licensed here and authorized to fly with either those two air crew or the three air crew members. So it was at loggerheads between the unions, the manufacturers, the regulators. They this essentially was in the 80s. In the 80s, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, and it was with the 757, the 767. You know, they were really touting the uh, the advance of the 737, which came out like in the 60s. You know, some uh, operated with three pilots, others with two. They essentially said, "Look, let's come together. Let's put our heads together here. Let's use a very uh, methodical approach." Here And whether they knew it or not, that was essentially the precursor to the aviation's first, what I would call aviation's first public-private partnership that ultimately resulted in officially changing to the two-pilot flight deck model. And we've never looked back. Furthermore... For good, that third. Right. So when you go back from the beginning with the five-flight deck crew member model to the two-pilot model, 30 years has elapsed. Well, we've been operating under the current two-pilot model for over 40 years now. And it's working. It's working, mm-hmm. but there's other forces out there that are like, oh, this is so old news. Let's, uh, let's you know, change it up a bit. So under the let's public... innovate. Right, yeah, by moving a pilot off the flight deck. But it's, it's like, well, let's, let's pause here. Uh, we need to, once again, under the auspices of losing public voice, is this really the right model? Are we there yet? You know, there's other forces that are maybe economically driven and see the dollar signs in, in removing half of the flight crew and saving untold billions of dollars, I outline in the paper that there's a lot of references that the first thing they jump on is money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you people said it. are expensive. What? It, well, yeah, human resources, but you pay you pay them what they're worth to deliver the service that we expect. But we're we're worth fighting for those human jobs because this future that I we talked about in the in the previous episode is the a future that we don't necessarily want, but is being imposed on us under the guise of whether it's safety or efficiency or innovation or mm-hmm. you know, we're promised all of these things, but then it's like where does that leave all these displaced workers? Then what are we supposed to be doing? Are we just going to be hanging out like in Logan's Run where we just get to enjoy ourselves while they keep us in a panopticon and we're not allowed to do whatever we want? I most certainly hope not, you know, but then again, I I point back to those publications in the FAA safety briefing. Those those outline, once again, public-private partnerships and what the future of aviation can look like. And when you look at those independent references that I, that I alluded to about, hey, what does this really mean? Is this loss of public voice? I'm trying to get it out there so that people who are essentially parting ways with their hard-earned money to get on an aircraft, whether that's in the EV toll of the future or a future flight deck with adaptive automation kind of baked into the cake, you need to at least do what you can to let your voice be known and heard that, hey, I agree with the Airline Pilots Association, the two-pilot flight deck model is the way to go. And we really don't have any business, if you will, uh, messing with that and paying. If it ain't broke. It's not broke. I mean, it's, there are some challenges. There are some high profile aviation accidents out there, but we have established a very robust uh, crew interaction system. We call it crew resource management, threat error management, operational risk management, take 
no, uh, you know, do not take any undue risk that it's not necessary because safety is uh, foremost and paramount in this industry. Because if you can imagine uh, people jumping on an aircraft that's commercially single pilot operated authorized, you know, or type certificated, and, and it nosedives uh, into, you know, the ground or the water, heaven forbid that should ever come to pass. But just imagine the, uh, the psychological knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. to that if we haven't really done our homework. And, well, and so what would you focus on then if the, if the efforts are, are focused on this automation, unmanned aircraft, what would you say is more important and how could we maintain this two-pilot system and then focus on other things to improve aviation as a whole? Well, we've already done a great job. I mean, we have the interest groups out there you know, lobbying groups, you know, mm-hmm. for the lack of a better term, spread the word. You know, you, even though you're not a pilot, you can reach out to these other aviation interest groups and say, hey, I have concerns about this as a paying passenger. What are, what are you doing to prevent this from happening prematurely? You can even go to other uh, air passenger uh, interest groups and engage them and say, hey, you see this white paper from July of 2019? from the Airline Pilots Association, are you aware of this? Yes, it represents pilots' unions, but, you know, I am a concerned consumer of the aviation industry. What are you doing about this? Do you even know about this? Because what, what benefits the, the crew and the, those in the industry also benefits the end user, the passengers, the, exactly. the people. Exactly. Right. So the, 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 the quicker we get out ahead of this, I think the quicker we can have that. We can buy a bigger... Uh, a chair at the table, if you will, mm-hmm. and have a louder voice. Well, and, and in naming the the actual players in this, I, I think you touched on it a bit, but we're talking FAA, the FAA. NASA, mm-hmm. Boeing, who else? What what other, so it resonates with the listener. Well, yeah, the FAA, NASA, Boeing, other aircraft manufacturers uh, out there. Um, there's the Airline Pilots Association, Allied Pilots Association, Southwest Pilots Association, all the big name unions and pilot interest groups for all the Part 121 air carriers you can engage as an air passenger. You can even go to Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association, National Business uh, Aviation Association, General Aviation Manufacturers Association. These are all these interest groups that represent the very wide and diverse aviation industry. So, you know, people think, oh, aviation, it must just be the airlines. No, they are a very diverse set of people interested in the robustness and the health and vitality of the aviation economy that really pumps in a lot of money to the greater American economy. Mm-hmm. And thinking about who to share this information with just in, you know, with the podcast. Friends, family, traveling public, you know, mm-hmm. like I said before in the previous podcast. You, because it really does impact all of us. It does. It mm-hmm. does. We, you know, we shouldn't... Uh, how should I say this? Be so pliable when you scan your QR code to get go down the jetways and then, you know, plug into the Wi-Fi and watch the latest iteration of movie offerings from your airline app, which is, you know, by the way, getting data from you, by the way. You know, well, and it's such a narrow Don't selection. get so pliant, you know, it's you need to stand up and uh, let your voice be heard. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Great Reset map and what that entails. 
Local business, don't get run over like a freight train. What if there were television and podcast studios right in your own backyard? Call 214-714-0495. OBBM Network Studios at Grace Point Media are DFW's full-service media solution for busy business owners who want to support their local community. Want your own show? We'll put it together and promote it for you. Want to advertise to businesses? With over 20 platforms, OBBM Network gets you in front of DFW's business community in powerful and creative new ways. Associate in higher profile circles. Take advantage of guest spots on business TV or podcasts. Join us at 1860 Crown Road, Suite 1410 in Farmers Branch, Texas for an episode, or maybe two. In fact, make OBBM the place you meet for valuable one-on-ones. Profitable business, free America. Make media work for you, DFW. Call 214-714-0495 and check out the calendar on offbeatbusiness.com for events you don't want to miss. What was that number? 214-714-0495. You're listening to Social Impact. This is Lynn Davenport back with Mike Yanez. And Mike, I want you to talk about the Great Reset map. And I, if people could see this, it's this giant circle of, of what is it? So in, in order for me to better demonstrate the ties that bind, if you will, the World Economic It forms. looks like, actually, it looks like uh, the virus, you know, where it has all those little tentacles around it. Right, you have the subject matter uh-huh. that they seek to influence, and then all the uh, the threads mm-hmm. that they need to affect to uh, to bring their essentially a vision to pass. And so, in order for me to help better explain, hey, why am I even talking about the airline industry and the World Economic Forum? Mm-hmm. You know, am I just, you know, for the lack of a better term, or risk it sounding like a conspiracy theorist here, wearing my tin hat here? I would just take the words, Klaus Schwab's own words and his own website. I even created a membership at theworldeconomicforum.com just so I could access this information. Does membership have rewards? <laughs> not no. quite. And I'm not, I'm not in the not club. Just because you register on the website doesn't mean you're in the club. I think the buy-in is maybe, I don't know, $35,000 north of that maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not quite there yet me to uh, drop in that serious coin just to be, become recognizably a part of the membership. But okay, the so Great got Reset Map. Aerospace, you have drones. So they're in, yeah, take, take me through it. I wanted to let the picture, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words. And so I, I essentially included this Great Reset Map to help, you know, tell the story. It's like, you know, I just spent, you know, 60 some odd pages telling you how the, the World Economic Forum seeks to overhaul not only just global life, but how we travel. And, the, and that, that applies to the American aviation industry. Uh, no better way to do that than to utilize the Great Reset Map in the spheres of influence. In order for them to change, you know, aviation travel and tourism, what else do they have to change? In order to integrate drones into the national airspace system, what else do they have to change? You know, when it comes to aerospace and cutting-edge technology, what else do they have to change? So when you go to those particular pictures, you'll notice that, well, uh, artificial intelligence when it comes to aerospace is a big part of that sphere's sphere of influence. Aviation travel and tourism is a part of that sphere of influence when you especially uh, under the narrative of, you know, the era of national security shifting to the era of biosecurity. This is AI for what purpose? Bias and fairness and AI algorithms. And we know from, uh, there's a, a lady who wrote a, a book called, uh, Oh gosh, what's her? She's the math babe, and she's mm-hmm. talking about algorithms, and and she says algorithms are opinions embedded in code. 
Right. And, you know, in an aviation sense, when it comes to algorithms, they talk about if you're going to remove a human element from the flight deck and all that well-trained uh, pilot's intuition, you know, you're going to have to replace it. The human element comes in somewhere. So if you're talking about opinions in the algorithms, it's like, okay, you remove the pilot from the flight deck. Well, you're going to have the human element injected in the algorithm. So what would you rather have? Would you rather have an experienced pilot mm -hmm. with many thousands of hours under the belt and who... who went through the time, the pain, the heartache to clear very robust burdens to become a part of this industry. I'm talking about uh, passion, drive, time, money, desire to Discipline. take these multiple right. check rides. Um, you're, you're part lawyer, you're part you know, meteorologist, and you're an aerospace expert. And you take that out of the equation, but you have some, I don't know, code writer writing mm -hmm. an algorithm who thinks he knows how to fly an aircraft, but instead he's writing uh, computer code as an approximation as to how best fly an aircraft with another pilot who's all by themselves. Well, and this is one of those word clouds, which I think is interesting. So it basically takes all of the, the words in this and, and shows you which ones are used the most. Right. So the word cloud, I essentially qualitatively coded the books. Uh, it, you know, I used that uh, during all my many you know, ironically enough, my airline trips to and from the West and East Coast to go through the literature and qualitatively summarize each page and what they talked about. And then I transfer that into a spreadsheet, which then filtered it down and counted and accounted for, well, how many times did this word show up or how many times did that like word show up? Fourth Industrial Revolution is... Uh, we put four IR. Four IR. I got it. I got tired of writing it all. Four out. IR. Multi-stakeholder privacy. P three blockchain. Cyber humanity governance. Well, I find that machine, as a very poignant reminder is internet. to like what what is, you know, the more a word appears, the bigger it shows up in the word cloud. Mm -hmm. And like you said, words matter. And I, and I think that it's important for us to understand when they say certain things, they mean one thing. When we see that, we. This is a repeating think pattern. Possibly something else. It's usually, I think the the language gets co-opted, and and I see this uh, frequently in education. It means this thing, this to some, but something else to others. Right under the auspices of the World Economic Forums, you know, the spirit of Davos, you know, what they call the public-private partnership. I uh, and Davos, Switzerland, is where the World Economic Forum hosts their annual gathering, and they have all the world leaders and and um, and they all come together and then they Correct. say, this is what we're going to do next. And this is how you're going to roll this out on the ground. And um, so let's talk about uh, some other things that were mentioned in here. And I, I know that uh, they talk about geoengineering. And I think this is an interesting topic just because we know that there's manipulation of the weather and how did that how that could impact the aviation industry uh, just as right. an example, and some other uh, topics that are that are covered in this. So while I was, you know, entertained and enamored with a lot of the literature in uh, Klaus Schwab's books, it wasn't until I got to the end of shaping the fourth industrial revolution that I had a minor panic attack, if you will. That's the third book. That's the second book. Second book, sorry. The second book. Okay. In that they seemingly ripped the mask off and I was like yeah geoengineering's a thing you didn't know this but if you talk about that 
then right. they will yeah, call you. It's like, a, oh, weather modification, you conspiracy theorists. You right, coo- but they said it in CNN that we've got China manipulating the weather to to make everything good for the right. Olympics. And then and we Bill Gates is talking about blocking out the sun using, uh, you know, solar dimming. Nano or what, what's the, um, they're spraying something to block out the sun. Okay, no thanks. I like the sun. Right, well, so then that's, that gives, you know, other indications about uh, what I would call mass formation, you know, and that's a whole other topic you can we can have on another day. But to me, that resonated because here we are talking about for I don't know how many decades. Oh no, that weather modification isn't a thing. But here we have a very popular book that everybody's talking about, and geoengineering apparently is a thing. It is a thing, so. and under the auspices of climate, you know, we're supposed to fix the global right. warming thing, and 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 it's really. It's manipulation beyond what I could ever imagine we could do or would do, but it's it's being done. I think you know, in my personal opinion, that's that's a very uh, dangerous path to walk. Mm-hmm. You know, God. and having in some of the places that I've been and flown around, you know, I saw, you know, smaller aircraft, you know, dabbling in uh, cloud seeding uh, experiments here and there, which you know. Well, and farmers have done that to make rain. I, I mean, it's it's not. Uh, something that's new, right? But when we're talking about on a global scale, and like what what China can do covers this, it's as far as the size of India. What they right, can and you know, manipulate. and I, I I first was turned on to this back in two thousand eight. You know, when China claimed they could, could you know change the weather. Yeah. Well, so let's uh, let's just focus on uh, as we close some solutions, and and I'm not even going to go into the social impact because we already did that. But tell us what we can do that um, you have not covered thus far. Well, it's just it's really is as don't just be the paying passenger, and I hesitate to use the term bump on a log. You know, the solutions are there for us for the taking, and don't let the digital revolution help you lose or make you lose your connection or the human element because mm-hmm. when you talk what we've talked about over the course of these two podcasts everything points to us losing our human connection well and i think you and i talked about you're either creating or consuming and so i think there's a, a healthy balance there where we're not just a bump on a log not just uh, consuming not just just um idly existing and being yes. and being engaged in what's going on and in creating content that makes people aware of what's happening around them because this this is a future that I resist I do not consent to I don't I don't want it I don't want this Klaus Schwab di- dictating what's happening in my community and so I think that the solutions also come from just on the ground level everyday average citizens talking to each other and and waking people up to what is really happening this is not just something down the road this is this is impending uh, doom if we allow this to happen so uh, well Mike I so appreciate you taking the time to explain this to us I will have a link to the capstone project on the the um, release of this podcast So thank you so much for taking time to come share this with us. Thank you, Lynn. It's been an honor. You've been listening to the Social Impact Podcast on the OBBN Network. Available on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, and anywhere you enjoy listening to podcasts. For more information about how you can get involved to educate our local DFW communities or to be a guest or sponsor of Social Impact Podcast, call 214-673-4018. 
for OBBM network programming information or permissions for reproduction segments of the show, call 214-714-0495. Social Impact Podcast is created by Offbeat Business Media, LLC, for the OBBM network. Unauthorized use of this content, the Social Impact Podcast or OBBM network brands are expressly prohibited.